brought to you by Communications by Design. This is the Transforming Learning Podcast, where we talk with teachers about classroom strategies that elevate teaching and learning. Our mission is to support teachers. So if you hear a strategy or idea that you find helpful, share the episode with others and subscribe to the podcast. We always appreciate feedback, so take a moment to leave a review as well. You can dive deeper into our resources and services or connect with our instructional coaches immediately by visiting cbdconsulting.com slash elevate edu. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 27. I'm Zach Ripley and fellow CBD coach Amy Jimenez and I had the great opportunity of attending a project-based learning conference in the middle of June in California. And while there, we had the rare opportunity of meeting a great many teachers doing incredible and innovative things. Not only that, however, we met Glenn and Bob. Glenn and Bob work with pre-service teachers at the University of Nevada, Reno, specifically with math teachers and project-based instruction. Listen as they share with Amy and I strategies for math teachers to implement project-based learning. I'm Zach, and I'm here with Amy, and we're talking with Glenn and Bob. Would you guys go ahead and just introduce yourselves? Okay, I'm Bob Quinn, and uh, I'm a professor of mathematics education at the University of Nevada, Reno. And I'm talking here today because I'm now the co-director of a new program that we instituted three years ago called Nevada Teach. And I'm Glenn Waddell. Uh, I'm the mathematics master teacher at the University of Nevada, Reno in Nevada Teach. Uh, I taught high school math for nine years before coming to UNR, and I work with the the pre-service teachers daily. The mathematics and science pre-service teachers daily. We're talking about project-based learning right now and specifically in your roles supporting pre-service teachers. Um, Tell us a little bit about why project-based instruction in your instance is valuable to these teachers. Well, in the model that that we're using in Nevada Teach, it's based on the UTeach model, which was developed at University of Texas Austin in 1997. And one of the courses that they specifically include in that curriculum is a course called Project-Based Instruction. And so it was something that was new to me. I had to teach that course for the first time last fall with the support of master teachers. And so I'm here because I've seen the great benefits of it based on the work that our first group of students has done and the impact that they've had on their students. So at the uh, high school level, I was involved in writing a problem-based instruction class for our district. It was a year-long class that dove into topics like uh, math and technology, math and finance, math and art, math and health and the human body. Um, So we did that for an entire year. And it was all, it was problem-based, not project-based. So it's a subset of the gold standard PBL type um, things that they're talking about here. Uh, But it really got learners involved and engaged with the mathematics in a much deeper, stronger way because they had a personal connection to it. And if they didn't have a personal connection to it, they saw at least a real-world connection. Uh, I was never asked once throughout the entire year, when am I ever going to use this? Um, Because they saw every day how it can be used, even if they weren't personally going to use it. I think that's a really important part of 
of PBI, whether the P is problem or project, giving learners multiple levels of relevance is important. Can you give us some examples of real-world application of math and project-based or problem-based learning? So one of the things we did was buying a car. There's a really nice, easy, short formula. It's not short at all, um, but there's a really nice formula for calculating out how many payments and what each payment would be for amortization of a car payment. But when you take away the formula and actually have to build a spreadsheet to do that month by month and calculate what the interest is and what, it's really complex. So we made the learners do it by spreadsheet, uh, which took several days to build and they would have to check it with small amounts and then ever growing amounts. It's tough, it's really difficult to do. Uh, but then having them at the end just put the formula in is even harder because uh, the formula is multi-layer exponents and divisions and it was harder for them to just type the formula into a spreadsheet than it was for them to build an entire spreadsheet to do it for five years. Because uh, once you have the formula down, you just drag it, right? Drag down and it's easy. Um, but that was one thing to do in the finance portion of it. Uh, in the art, we were dealing with Fibonacci numbers and Pascal, uh, Pascal's triangle and fractals. And it was really kind of interesting to explore that level of math at the high school. Uh, the, the, the difficult side was learners would look at it and say, well, I'm, I'm not an artist. Um, so I was forcing them out of their comfort zone, but it was a lot of fun. To see those connections between math and art. Right. And when they buy a car, they'll maybe be a little more careful and thoughtful about how much they're actually spending. Yes, the seven-year loans were just creeping up at that point in time, and it was a bad thing. Right, so I, it's so practical. It's very awesome. Yes. Um, Bob, could you share then just uh, a couple other thoughts as you work with teachers? What are some of the things that are almost kind of like some essential things you need to make sure to convey to them? And there, you had mentioned earlier, they they actually will practice kind of the process a bit before they exit the program. Um, what are some of the things that you specifically need to address in those instances? And I think from our perspective on the math side of it, it's been more difficult to make sure that the mathematics embedded in a project is truly the mathematics that the students at that level should be studying as opposed to, oh, we got this cool project and we're doing all of these things that are related to history and social studies and science and the math is reduced to counting or very basic math skills that students would have done in, in elementary or middle school. So our specific goal in, was to really force ourselves to look at projects where we're, we're not opposed to having, and we want to have mathematics be embedded within a context, but we don't want that context to drive the mathematics and exclude the important mathematics that we're, we're, we're trying to accomplish. So we've developed a project that in, involves graphing of radical equations. It does bring in uh, issues related to space travel and launching, leaving the, the Earth and, and, and the Moon and so forth, and, and uh, velocities, escape velocity, velocities. But there's clearly that causes the students to have to do high school level math within the context of this project. And math is the main 
thrust, no pun intended, for, for this project rather than the scientific aspects of it. A final question or thought then would be if we're hearing, you know, teachers are listening to um, this exchange and they're contemplating these kinds of programs and such, how can teachers learn more about your program or where can they go to find out more about what you do? Okay. Well, our program is a replication of a program started at the University of Texas in Austin in 1997. Uh, and they have what's called the UTeach Institute. For more information, you can go to unr.edu slash nevadateach. Uh, that's our program. We're going to be storing our future teachers' PBL projects on that site um, so that there's a way for teachers to see what our students are doing and maybe get some inspiration there. That's great. Thank you both for your time, Glenn, Bob. Appreciate it today, and certainly best of luck with you and your work with teachers in your program as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Transforming Learning by CBD. Continue the conversation with us by visiting cbdconsulting.com slash elevateedu, where you can contact a coach immediately or browse more resources like this one. For more podcast episodes, visit anchor.fm slash cbdpodcast or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Help us get the word out by leaving a review and rating as well as sharing on your favorite social media platform. Remember to tag at CBD Consulting. Thank you.